0: Has for us tonight I would like for everyone to have been here. Brother Caleb sister Stacy are in the state of Tennessee actually Brother Caleb is taking care of Brother Brent Daniels church tonight they're on vacation and he's there it's uh, sister Stacy's home church and preaching for them tonight. <coughs> I'm sure they'll enjoy that and I know Sister Stacy enjoy. Uh, beginning to be home uh, for a change but tonight I just want to talk to us a little bit you can be seated Uh, I'm going to do I'm going to read a lot of scriptures and just talk about you know just a lot of stuff hallelujah how many knows when you get to digging in stuff you find more things than you even realize that you had hallelujah and I get in my shop sometimes and i get to digging and looking for stuff and i get to finding stuff and little drawers and a uh, little tool chest and stuff that's sitting all around and <clears throat> Finding stuff, I thought, my goodness i didn 't even know that there. I may have went even went to town and bought this article two or three on two or three different occasions and find it there in the thing. I think i 'm just going to give everything away and then just start buying it as I need it i 'll probably be probably be uh, be a lot better off, but anyway that 's maybe what we dig up in here tonight before that we're done. But how many knows it's the preaching of the word that saves us? Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Praise yeah. the Lord. Uh, I've got a little scripture on my heart right now. The one I want to go to is, uh, let's go to 2 uh, Timothy 3 and 16. And it talks about all scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's amazing, ain't it? Sometimes how some people try to pick and choose their way through the word of God. How many remember the sermon about the king with the pen knife? And a lot of times if we're not careful even though we're several thousand years later than the king that was sitting in his summer house when they began to read and he took his penknife and Brother Thad, he began to cut stuff out of the scroll that he didn't like, that didn't suit his fancy. And uh, even in this world today in 2023, if we're not careful, we will have a penknife mentality when the word of God begins to be preached If we don't like it, we may not cut it out with a penknife, but we'll make the statement, well, I just don't feel like that's what it's talking about, and I just don't feel like that, regardless of what it is, I just don't feel like that's needful, I just don't feel like that's... For us today, and I, you know, two thousand years ago that worked. But you know, if we serve a God that's never changed for over four thousand years uh, of biblical history, uh, why would we want to change anything that's in His Word? Why would we want to change anything that the apostles' uh, uh, doctrine doctrine uh, brought to us? And so many times we call ourselves apostolic now Pentecost is an experience and the church was born on the day of Pentecost and it's easy to get caught up and I'm a Pentecostal uh, but when you come along and you had the apostolic uh, title to that, it begins to narrow some things down uh, just a little bit more. There was a, on the day of Pentecost, there was about every type there. But when that church uh, was established on the apostolic uh, doctrine and the doctrine that the apostles preached, and Paul said, if we are an angel come preaching any other thing unto you than this that we've preached, in other words, Paul himself, in their travels, uh, uh, if he went off to Capernaum or to Damascus or wherever in his travels to Rome, uh, wherever he went when he came back. That's what he's saying. Though we are an angel, if I go away and then I come back claiming I've got some new revelation and I've got some new doctrine to preach, uh, Paul said, you don't pay any attention to me uh, uh, because it's not truth. It's not not the word of God. It's not the apostolic uh, doctrine. Hallelujah. I believe we ought to be Pentecost uh, in experience. I believe we ought to be apostolic uh, in doctrine uh, and holiness uh, in living. Hallelujah! I want to be holy. The Bible, the Lord said, "Be ye holy, even as I'm holy." You want to be Christ-like? Be holy. Hallelujah! Probably not hard to tell where I'm heading tonight. Praise God. But it said all scripture given by the inspiration of God is profitable for doctrine, it's profitable for reproof, it's profitable for correction, it's profitable for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be perfectly, thoroughly furnished unto all good works hallelujah praise the Lord I want I'm thankful tonight I'm going to be I want to just if you need a message to, a title for a message tonight uh, I'm just going to preach about coming out of the darkness hallelujah I'm I'm thankful that one day he brought me out of darkness uh, into his marvelous light looking at the word darkness a hundred in 91 times in in the in the in the Bible uh, it talks about darkness not a uh, uh, not all so much coming out of the world and uh, out of darkness into his marvelous light but coming, uh, uh, you know, it's mentioned other times uh, uh, with different references but tonight I'm gonna reference uh, about how one time that we were in the world but he brought us out of darkness uh, into his marvelous light. There was a time uh, uh, that we didn't live for God. There was a time that our conversation uh, uh, wasn't just real holy and up to par but you know, When we got a a revelation of who he really is uh, And God brought us out of darkness And we begin to build uh, on the foundation of the church Hallelujah How many knows that in the beginning was the word The word was with God And the word was God The word is still God today Uh, This Bible, this word of God is still uh, Brother Allie, the foundation of the church uh, uh, That we're in today Uh, uh, 2013 years has not changed it uh, going on back into maybe uh, four thousand years or so uh, above into the Old Testament it's still uh, not changed it's the infallible uh, unchangeable word of God In this church uh, he told Peter uh, Peter means stone uh, uh, but he said uh, upon this rock uh, thou art Peter but he said uh, upon this rock uh, not you Peter you're just a little stone but this rock when he identified the Christ but who do you say that I am Peter said I say that you are the Christ you're the son of the living God oh he said Peter uh, flesh and blood ain't revealed this to you I'm telling you something on this rock on myself I'm going to build this church and heaven and earth will pass away but my word word's not going to pass away. Uh, it's forever settled in heaven. Uh, it's forever established. Uh, it doesn't matter if you agree with it or not. Uh, you can stagger and stumble over it uh, all your life if you want to. Uh, but I'm going to take this word of God. Uh, sometimes it's bitter, uh, but by the time you get it digested, uh, I want to tell you something. Uh, it brings forth uh, eternal life. Woo, hallelujah. i want to go to Ephesians. You can be seated. Ephesians 4, 17, starting at 17. 4 and 17. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. That lets me know right now. A lot of times, our thinking is stinking, stinking thinking, and the vanity of our mind. We we bring concepts and we uh, we bring ideas, and uh, uh, a lot of times, well, you know, my heart. I read a little story the other day about Dolly Parton, and she wrote a couple songs. I think Jolene and uh, I will always love you, or something like that. A couple of these songs, but she wrote them in one night. She wrote them, and then Elvis Presley heard her singing them, and uh, uh, he wanted to do "I Will Always Love You." And uh, uh, man, what more could she have asked for to have the king uh, of that time of, of rock and roll to come and want uh, to do one of her songs? And man, just thinking of the royalties and uh, uh, getting it out there and the recognition that she would get, and uh, uh, during the course of this transaction, uh, his manager said no, you, "Do." Not Know that when the king takes a song uh, uh, he in the in the, in the in the uh, uh, future he gets uh, you know half of the royalties half of everything he's got rights to this song so whoever published it whoever put it forth after that Elvis Presley would have got half of what uh, that was hers and uh, uh, she said I I had I, I, I wanted to so bad and she talked about all the pros uh, and the cons and she said but I didn't my heart said do it but my gut said don't do it hallelujah and so she said uh, uh, I didn't do it I declined and I sat around for a while and I was so so nervous and thinking about the money that I lost and she grew up very poor and uh, uh, so she, she spent a lot of time thinking about uh, this decision and this thing that she just done. Sometimes uh, uh, when we want to make decisions, we're so uh, unsure. And uh, the worst thing that we could do uh, uh, was to try to just say, oh, I'm just going to follow uh, my heart. But sometimes uh, there's a feeling way on down in uh, beyond the heart. And it's called a conscience uh, saying, don't do this thing. And so she declined. And it wasn't uh, uh, very long that another uh, lady that was rising uh, in the pop music rock star what was it was Whitney Houston come along and she recorded that song and uh, uh, the royalties off of that song uh, and from Whitney Houston uh, uh, recording the re royalties that she made off of that she purchased Dollywood uh, in, in in the state of Tennessee which is a, a place like Silver Dollar City and Branson and she owned uh, all of that and with that money uh, uh, that, she, that she got from Whitney Houston uh, uh, she purchased just uh, Dollywood, and so, but think if she would have just went with her heart. Just think if if she went with the popularity of, uh, uh, of what her heart was telling her uh, to do. Man, uh, you know the uh the uh, ex- the esteem, the recognition. Uh, oh man, who how could it ever make more money uh, than this would make right now? Sometimes uh, we just need to sit down uh, and take the count the cost. Uh, sometimes we just need to think what is the thief trying to steal Uh, what's the devil trying to do Uh, what kind of advantage uh, is he trying to take from me Uh, and sometimes we just need uh, not to follow our heart uh, but we need to fast we need to pray uh, we need to lay the pen knife down Uh, I'm not cutting that out uh, because that's the same yesterday today uh, and forever Uh, 2,000 years from now the word of God is still going to be Standing, uh, apostolic ministers uh, are going to be standing in their pulpit, uh, putting a trumpet to their mouth uh, and making a certain sound, uh, crying aloud, uh, not sparing uh, the rod; it's spoiling the child. If you please. Oh God! Had a little. Said, want to change your worship experience at church? Pray before you get there and ask God to speak to you. Meditate and worship on the way. Take a Bible with you. Sing loudly. Focus on God. Don't run late. Take notes. Expect God to move. I want to tell you something. Uh, uh, you need to come to church expecting something. Hallelujah. Well, you know, Brother Samson, I just kind of got to follow my heart. I read another little caption here and I I brought it up on my phone when I was in prayer and it said, uh, uh, somebody posted this, it said, follow your heart has ended more marriages, caused more addictions, mutilated more bodies destroyed more souls, ended more lives uh, than Satan imagined. It's one of hell's most effective uh, slogans. uh, Follow your heart. Uh, I'm here to tell you tonight, don't follow your heart. Uh, Follow the one that created your heart. Uh, Get your nose in the book. Uh, Lay your penknife down. uh, Saying, I don't think that applies to modern day living. Hey, I'm talking about coming out of darkness. Coming out of darkness, you walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding having the understanding darkened. I'm talking about a darkness, a gross darkness, brother Plapper, that is trying to creep into the church world today. I want to tell you something. I still feel like what them elders uh, uh, preached to me years and years ago. uh, I feel like it's still important today. I still feel, uh, well, Brother Sampson, what do you believe? Well, look at Brother Sampson. Uh, This is what I believe. This is what was what I believe. That's why I still do it today. My elder's been gone for 23 years, but I still come to church just like back in the day when he preached it. I remember, you know, the way that I used to dress. I crucified my flesh. It was everything contrary to me, but I began to save money, and I didn't have much in those days. But I began to save up, and I began to purchase what that elder preached to me, and to dress how I ought to dress uh, and how you ought to dress when you come to the house of God uh, in respect of this great God uh, that we serve. Uh, I'm still holding to it. Uh, I'm still doing it today uh, and God's still blessing me. Uh, God's still providing. Uh, I'm not going to cut that part out uh, of the penknife about obeying them uh, that have the rule over you. Uh, I'm getting rid of that casual spirit uh, and I'm going to come before God uh, with holy hands and present myself uh, like I'm a child of the king. (laughs) Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves uh, over to uh, lasciviousness uh, uh, to work all cleanliness with greediness. blindness of their heart tell you something what does the Bible say about the heart who can know it it's exceedingly it's desperately wicked the heart is wicked the heart will confuse you the heart will lead you astray. You just follow the heart. We 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 read some of this here today, but who can know it? It's exceeding wicked. Some of you could be sitting here tonight with uh, uh, promiscuous thoughts going through your mind and the person sitting next to you uh, would not ever even know it but i want to tell you something god's sitting here and he's looking right past uh, that facade that we put on in the house of god uh, and he looks right down into that heart uh, he sees that corruption uh, he sees that evilness uh, he sees that deceitfulness uh, and he's going going uh, uh, we're going right on like everything's okay but god knows uh, exactly uh, he knows the thought it talks about the spirit of God it's quick it's sharp sharper than any two edged sword to the dividing asunder of the thoughts the intent of the heart God knows that intent of that heart God knows what you're thinking sitting on this pew and waiting for the opportunity to carry out what this lustful flesh wants to carry out I want to tell you something you could care let let that that carry on but I want to tell you something you let a spirit of fornication get in a church you let a spirit of adultery get in the church you let pornography get in the church and I want to tell you something you'll be finding every kind of excuse that every service you can dismiss every time you can go somewhere, somewhere beside the house of God but the spirit it's quick, it's sharp even before you make that decision God knows uh, that decision that you're going to make because he knows the intent of the heart. Being past feeling, giving themselves over into lasciviousness to work all uncleanliness with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ, if so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus that you put off concerning the former conversation uh, of the old man which is corrupt uh, according to deceitful lust and be renewed uh, in the spirit of your mind uh, when he brings you out of darkness uh, such a marvelous popular uh, uh, Bible study in the apostolic ranks uh, into his marvelous uh, light Uh, I want to tell you something Uh, it's great to come in uh, uh, to the revelation uh, of the truth. It's great when he brought us out of darkness and we got a glimpse of this apostolic truth and we begin to apply it to our life but so easy it's so easy to confuse doctrine with the grace of God. I've done it this way for years. You've just been living on his mercy. You're just coming in under the grace but there's going to be a day that this doctrine is going to set separate you from the grace of God. When that trumpet sounds and that angel puts up one foot on land, and the other one on the sea, and the trumpet sounds and they declare that time will be no more. You just run out of grace, maybe, and you're gonna be judged by the book of the apostolic doctrine. Go to Ephesians 5, 8, 5, 8 through 11. For ye were sometimes darkness. Used to have an excuse. You were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. So what's he commanding us to do? Walk as children of the light. You're going to say I'm a Christian. What does a Christian mean? christ light. If you're going to repent from the works of darkness, what's that repent mean? You turn around. Do a 360. Go the other way. Tell you something. We need our face toward the kingdom and our back toward the world. And as long as we're going uh, in that forward motion, I want to tell you something. Uh, God's going to honor us. But when we begin to stop around uh, and we get distracted like they do in some of these Odyssey uh, uh, movies and Pilgrim's Progress and all of these things uh, and we begin to look, uh, first thing you know, we're going to find ourselves uh, in the valley of the shadow uh, of death. And we're not going to know... Uh, uh, how how to make uh, uh, the right decisions uh, uh, we're going to be lured this way and this way and we're going to be bogged down uh, uh, in this trouble and this trial uh, and we're going to feel the weight of the world as it begins to pull us uh, why because we're getting closer to the world uh, than we are to the cross uh, I'm telling you something uh, we need to lift our eyes uh, we need to look toward the light uh, forget about the darkness uh, forget about the onions, uh, forget about the leak, uh, forget about the things in Egypt, uh, and keep pushing uh, toward the mark uh, of the high calling in Christ Jesus. Live like a saint, look like a saint, act like a saint. Leave the world and its fads and its fashions alone. God, help us today. What's trying to creep into the church? Talking to a I believe it was Brother Plappard's pastor that was in Arkansas when they attended there. Man, we didn't get very far into that conversation. And he was talking about things that's trying to creep into the church. He said, I want to tell you something, Brother Samson. I thought I was the only odd duck out there. But he said, You ain't going to see them high britches, four, five, six inches. I've seen them this short right here. Now, you talk about something ignorant looking. Here, let me get this farm road dust off my pants. They put on the squirliest pair of socks that they can find, and some of them's even got a cuff in them, and they come staggering in to an apostolic church march right up on an apostolic platform and start trying to promote an apostolic worship service with Hollywood that we preach a hundred miles an hour against. They got Mickey Mouse socks they got uh, Alice in Wonderland and they got Donald Duck and uh, uh, here they got and their pants are actually this short and they press around up there. I don't know uh, who who their dad is and who allows him to come in. Uh, I'm not trying to figure all that out. I'm just trying to figure out, Uh, as for me, he brought me out of darkness, uh, and I'm not going to get confused. Uh, I know that I'm a man, I'm still going to dress like a man, and I'm still going to act like a man. I don't even swim with my pants that short. Well, how do you swim, Brother Samson? Man, you're looking at it. Pants and a shirt. Pants and a shirt to the elbows. That's the way I dress. That's the way I look. That's what I preach. That's what I am. I don't think just because I'm out of the house of God that it makes any difference. Why? Because he brought me out of darkness. Uh, You know what? The world's looking for somebody uh, that's got some sense. We followed What do they call them? On Facebook, social media, what do they call these guys that enhance and promote? Uh, Influencers, influencers. And the world follows these whackbirds by the thousands. Here a while back, man. uh, I was reading about on the news, and it started out these people they quit their jobs and down in Florida sold everything that they had, and man they went to converting this van over into a, a real nice camper, and man they was putting it all together, and they hit the road, uh, going up through the Black Hills in Colorado and Wyoming and uh, uh, all of those places up through there, and man they were posting, uh, and it looked like the life of Riley. It looked like uh, the thing to do. Man, just sell everything not a care in the world Uh, and then every influence and influence and influence and putting that influence out there man get on TikTok get on social media look what we're doing follow us follow us Uh, uh, man you can look at these whack birds and some of them have uh, uh, two or three million uh, uh, followers and uh, followers by the thousands and they're on there uh, and people's wearing what they wear and people's buying uh, uh, what they're buying Uh, I want to tell you something I'm Thankful that Brother Samson came out of darkness uh, into his marvelous light. Uh, I'm not. I'm not influenced uh, by some fornicating adulterating. Uh, I think they were traveling and not even married. That would probably fit uh, a lot of people in this day and age that we live in. Uh, but it ain't very long. It you'll go to reading about uh, these influencers. Uh, follow me. Do this. Do that. Buy this. Uh, this is great. This is grand. In uh, about a year into that mess. Uh, and about a million followers. Uh, Brother Alley. you read on there where so-and-so uh, influencer uh, committed suicide. Uh, so-and-so influencer uh, overdosed uh, on drugs. Uh, uh, they're in an alcoholic rehab uh, and they've took their lives. Suicide, uh, so many of them commit suicide. Uh, and st- you know, they just keep influencing, keep influencing, uh, and keep influencing uh, our society and our culture today and that some of you are afraid for somebody to know where you go to church we got to worship in church I'll run in church well I just bring my friends if y'all didn't get so crazy how much crazier can you get Drink their self to death, smoke theirself to death, peel theirself to death, take a gun and blow their brains out. I'm going to tell you something. I'm not looking for that kind of influence. I'm telling you, there's people out there today that's groping in darkness. They're stumbling around. They're needing something. They're reaching for something. And I'm telling you something. They need something that will satisfy. Nine years, an alcoholic, 19 years. Uh, Never been sober Nine years on the street Uh, You know wonder Sister Stephanie come in uh, And raised her hands to God Uh, Brother Tony uh, Took plumb down to nothing uh, All kinds of habits uh, And alcohol and partying uh, And come in uh, He shaved his beard uh, He cut his hair uh, He's dressing like a man uh, And he's looking for something Uh, He's tired uh, of alcohol abuse uh, Substance abuse uh, they're looking for something uh, that'll feel a longing uh, in their heart. Don't be afraid to witness. We got the best thing, Brother Thad, on the top side of the earth. For the fruit of the Spirit in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And have no fellowship, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. It doesn't bother me to look at Jay. Jay, you need to do something. Don, y'all need to do something. you got a miserable life. Uh, you, need, you need a different life than what you'd live in. Uh, Christ is the answer. Oh, Kel, this is all I know. It ain't all you know. I've showed you a different way. I've lived a different way. Uh, I've worked around you for 20-some years. Uh, you've never heard a slang cuss word come out of my mouth in almost 30 years uh, that we've been acquainted. Why? He brought me out of darkness. He delivered me from carnality. I want to tell you something. I know what it is to be bound by carnality. But I can also tell you that 30 some years ago, God delivered me from that you know what it'll come back but I gotta keep this flesh under subjection I gotta pray the powers of darkness will start working their way back in you know what drives light darkness away it's light I gotta shop and the darker it gets outside the better the light the brighter the light is inside I kept looking at that but it was still shadowy I don't like shadowy areas. I don't want it in my shop, my garage, my house, and I don't want it uh, in the church. So me and Caleb, Brother Caleb was at a farm show in Pittsburgh a few days ago, and I... Went by a place and it was an old gentleman. Pulled me in, uh, and he began to talk about these lights that he had. They're kind of a UFO-looking uh, light in each little bulb. It's got a magnifying glass uh, with each bulb, and I don't I've, there's I don't know how many, eighty or hundred uh, little lights in in one uh, globe with a magnifying uh, uh, lens over each one of them. And man, uh, uh, he began to tell me how bright they were and how how that they would shine. What what, what was interested for, Brother Sampson. It was going to drive away the darkness. I don't see as good as I used to. I know lucky too good in more ways than one. And I thought, man, I need some light. I am excited about getting them lights out of that box and hooking it up and driving every dark area out of that shop. Well, I want to tell you something today. I'm interested in this world. They're looking for light. Light. They're looking for hope. They're groping in darkness. I've told before about getting lost. We were hunting, and I seen a light in the distance. It was Brother Johnny and Sister Sarah, about a mile over there. I was just on the hill from 86 Highway, and they lived over. I think it was Jute Road over there, and. Uh, I guess it's about a mile or so across there. And I knew really the direction that I needed to go, but there was something about that light in the distance that drew me, brother. Uh, Mark and uh, I begin to walk over there. I get over halfway there, and then I start to realize uh, uh, what I've done. But it was the light uh, that drew me, and uh, I knew. And I got over there, and I got a ride around the horn, and got back to my car. Got what I needed, and got back into the woods hunting. Uh, uh, but I'm telling you something: uh, there we ought to be a light uh, that those that are groping in darkness—they're uh, sick of circling. Uh, it's the same old thing, Brother Triple. E used should talk about got lost in the woods Uh, me and brother DJ's daddy was talking about it uh, the other night Uh, uh, the same tree and the same fence uh, three times in a couple hours Uh, they were just making big circles uh, in the woods and coming around uh, uh, back to the same tree why uh, they had lost direction Uh, this world has lost uh, direction today Uh, and the apostolic church uh, in my opinion has it's got the truth, they're the light, they got the corn, we got what the world needs. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, rather reprove them, hallelujah. John one and five. I'll just the the light shone in darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. They couldn't comprehend it. What's this light? They were so wrapped up in the mosaic law that they couldn't accept this rock, this stone of offense. First John two. Yeah, first John two. Verse seven. Brethren, he said, I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment which you had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you have heard from the beginning. This is what I've known all my life since God brought me out of false doctrine, brought me 12, 14 hours from where I was raised for truth. My daddy fell in love with truth. He fell in love with the elders. It marked my mind to see how my dad made the change from what he used to be to falling in love with Jesus and coming out of darkness into his marvelous light. Out of darkness into his marvelous light. Brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment which you had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you have heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness uh, is past and the true light now shineth. He said uh, he is the light and... He saith he is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness even until now. He that loveth his brother brighteth in the light and there is no occasion of stumbling in him. What is it talking about? You get the hatred, you get the malice, you get the envy out of your, out of your heart against your brothers, against your sisters, whether in the natural or in the church. You get right with everybody in the community. I want to tell you something and you won't be a stumbling block I'm telling you something you'll be a light that shines in the darkness Oh, I'm telling you something he said the light shone in darkness and the darkness didn't comprehend it, they rejected him, they wanted that mosaic law, they wanted the scribes, the Pharisees, the priests, the Levites they wanted that old law and they didn't want to come out of that darkness, they didn't want to accept uh, uh, the dispensation of grace Uh, and today they're still stumbling uh, in darkness uh, looking for a Messiah uh, looking for hope uh, and the hope uh, is already here uh, because they was looking for the law and would not accept it by faith Uh, I want to tell you something Uh, it was by faith uh, that Abraham uh, uh, left where he left it was by faith uh, that Noah built an ark Go down to verse fifteen. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, is the lust of the flesh. You know why some of you are still stumbling around over that rock of offense, that chief cornerstone that's become the head of the corner that the builders rejected. It's now become the chief, it's become the head of the corner, it's become the chief cornerstone, that Jesus Christ that they rejected, that Jesus Christ that they crucified, that voice of the living God that they cut off, I'm telling you something today, it has become the head of the corner, it's the chief cornerstone, it's still the word of God that we're founded on today. We're all in the world's lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, pride of life. It's not the father; it's not of the father, but it's of the world. If there's something in you that you're loving the world, you're loving the fad, you're loving the fashion of the world. What's wrong with being a man? What's wrong with wearing your pants down where they belong? You can go too far one way or the other. We got sometimes we see people coming to the church, their pants. Put your cell phone down. Get your husband's britches out of the the closet and hem them up where he looks like a Christian, where he looks like a man of God. Hem them things up. Sleeves hanging plumb down past your fingertips. Man, you're you're a child of God. You're representing the king. Don't go around like some slopola. I'm a child of the king. That's why I shave every day, sometimes twice a day if it's church night. I don't go around with facial foliage hanging all over my face. Why? Because I don't want to look like the world. The, world, the men using a uh, uh, beard and facial foliage, facial hair, uh, like women using makeup, they want to alter that appearance. They want to stagger in. Uh, around Christmas, you'll see some of them old pervert looking guys come around. They'll have a beard down to their belly button, you know. Oh, you look like Santa Claus. And they just get all the attention of the world. They, in the world, and they're just gobbling uh, all of that stuff up. I want to tell you something. I'm not interested in the idolatrous looking Santa Claus. Uh, I want to look like a child of God. Uh, I don't want to look like Brad Pitt uh, or some of these guys in Hollywood. Uh, we preach against Hollywood, uh, then we want to stagger around uh, imitating and looking uh, and dressing and buying what they're promoting and wearing it into a, an apostolic church. Uh, my God, where's your holiness? I thought you came out of darkness. This is a holy church. We serve a holy God. Be ye holy even as I'm holy. Don't come in with a pair of pants on that looks like a skin stretched over a weenie schnitzel. I've never seen a time when people are so proud of their reproductive organs. Suck their pants so tight that they're bulging and protruding and then get up and, and try to promote a worship service in the house of God. Some of you husbands, you need to wake up. You ain't gonna tell me. Don't sit in there and get ready. or Sit in the car and watch them come out. There's nothing left to the imagination. Now we preach holiness now, but you can wear that dress down to your ankles. But if it's so, so thin that you see ever bulge and ever crack and ever cleavage in your body, you're not gonna portray, portray to me that's holiness. You're never gonna make me accept uh, that that's holiness. That's Hollywood. That's fad. That's fashion. That's influence from the world. And we're supposed to be out of darkness and into his marvelous light. What's wrong with you when you come in and you pull a blouse on that's so tight? I know you had to put it on with a tire iron and a come along to get it on. You look like tuck and roll in one of them old antique cars. At the church? God, I've seen them go to family reunions with, with half their breasts hanging out. At a family reunion, you're a sicko. Much less, less the church. What's wrong with us? God brought us out of darkness into his marvelous light. And we get them so tight and we get them so short that we can't hardly even, even wiggle and we come in like a penguin into the house of God. Talking about holiness. My goodness, just, just, just think about how you ought to dress and how you ought to look. It's not just the men, it's, it's the women too. You got that, well, it, it's below my knee. Okay, you're sitting there and somebody calls you up and they say, you just sit right over there a minute, ma'am, and we're going to get you up and let you sing. So in about 30 minutes, he's carried away, and he's anointed, and uh, you're sitting up here, and this dress is about here. here. They're out there getting an eclipse of the moon, and pretty soon you're nervous, so you go to here, and this dress is only here what's happening here some of you laughing I don't know if you like it or don't like it or what it but is I'm just talking about holiness without no man's going to see God some of you mamas need to get these little girls they're precious they got cute bodies they got cute faces Church ain't the place to show it off. Town ain't the place to show it off place to show it off is after you say I do and you get married and you take her uh, to your your living quarters or your honeymoon uh, and that ought to be the first exposure that you ever get Uh, but we're living in a world today that wants to show all uh, and bear all because they're stumbling around in darkness uh, and an apostolic preacher's afraid to stand up uh, and preach the unadulterated word of God and you wonder why adultery and fornication uh, is breaking out in our churches you wonder why pornography is running rampant because nobody will preach against it tell you something we just come from Gulf Coast Youth Conference them preachers (laughs) preach to our young people they named it they called it out. They preached it. And I saw our youth standing uh, and weeping and crying and shedding bitter tears uh, and repenting uh, and making commitments. I'm going to do different. Uh, I'm going to do better. Uh, it's not going to be the same for me uh, it made them even make that commitment to their pastors, uh, to the dorm leaders. Uh, Oh, it's gonna be different. uh, But have some of you already come home uh, and visited sites uh, on your phone that you know better uh, to look at? Uh, I'm telling you something. uh, I'm so thankful, uh, uh, Brother Cotton, that I was raised in the age uh, that I was raised. uh, And I don't have to fight those spirits. uh, That in-your-faith advocacy, uh, that the world... uh, is putting on the church today, and they're persuading a lot of churches to loosen up and to go the ways of the world. Well, we used to grasp, gasp, catch our breath, you know. The old Elders would get up and talk about a man shouldn't wear that which pertains to a woman. It's an abomination for a man to put on a woman's garment. Does it, does it say that or am I nuts? I mean, he's ready for me to shut up and sit down. Okay, I'm going to go on. But it's a shame. And we used to do a lot of plays, and I've told this before. And I think it was Brother Jimbo and my son was putting on a skit My son come out in a pair of high heels in a woman's dress, just a skit, just a skit. The Bible didn't say it's okay to do it in a skit. It said don't do it. It's abomination. That's something God hates. Grieves him. 50 years ago, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, we wouldn't have thought much about this. And I looked at that, and God smote my heart. And I thought, you know, this is my son. This is my family. I'm going to take care of this mess right here. The next church night, I got up, and I told him, I said, we will not ever do another play where a man puts on a woman's garment. Oh, Brother Samson, is just in fun. Let me tell you something. You look at the world today. There's so much perversion out there. There's so much cross-dressing that you can't tell them apart. Let me go one more step farther. When I go out there to those bathrooms uh, and I'm looking for a men's facility or a a woman's facility or looking for the man so I don't wind up in the woman's bathroom and I've done that before, it's very embarrassing uh, uh, and humiliating and you get looks like you've never got when you stagger in uh, uh, to a woman's restroom. So I'm looking and so when I see the sign with the little woman over there, I know I don't go in there because that sign tells me a woman. Why? Why how do I know that? How do I know that? The skirt, the dress. It pertains to a woman. Does the Bible say that a woman shouldn't wear that which pertains to a man? Oh, Brother Samson, you're so far off. Let me tell you something. That's why a lot of our sons and daughters are dressing and looking like they're looking. That's why this world's full of butches with their hair cut off and shaved up, up on the top of their head and taking steroids and staggering in like uh, Charles Atlas or whoever the weightlifters are of this day. If we even got any men that still lift weights, I, I, I don't know. But what's wrong with us? That's because somebody took a penknife and that don't mean what it says. And we don't need that in today's world. We're living in a a modern world and we cut it out. And today we got a culture uh, that don't know if they're a man or a woman. They don't know what they want to be. Why? Because uh, ministry, uh, apostolic ranks uh, has a shame to stand up uh, and press their claim uh, and identify with who you are, what you are, uh, and what you want to be. I think it was Brother Marks that said, you're too plain, Brother Samson, you're too plain. And I know some of you think I've got too plain here today. But get that stupid iPad and cell phone that your kids uh, is sitting and looking at all during the day. Do you think they're being gentle? No, there's a child that's solicited, sexually solicited online just every few minutes and you still put one in the hands of your child, And then you want the pastor to get up and give you a G-rated message uh, in an X-rated world. Uh, I want to tell you something. uh, You think you got stuff hid from your kids? Uh, They're so far ahead of you. uh, They could sit down. uh, And uh, I heard a story about a young man that was going to get married, and he set his son down. uh, And he said, son, sit down. I'm going to tell you about the birds and the bees. Uh, 30 minutes later, the dad looked at the son and said, All of that stuff can be done. That's the kind of world that we're living in. Go ahead, give them a full-fledged internet, cell phone. Them ads pop up, they pop up, I'm telling you, they're there, they're there, they're there. Why? Because uh, they're in darkness uh, and they like darkness better than light uh, and they're trying to suck your apostolic child uh, right up into the grill uh, of this culture that we're living in. Uh, I'm telling you something. uh, This program that Brother Caleb and uh, uh, Brothers Plapper and Sister Linnea is trying to put together, uh, you need to take them cell phones away from them kids uh, and say you get your hind end involved in that and you start learning the word of God If you hide that word of God in your heart, you won't sin against God. If there's sin in your heart, you've strayed away. You've quit praying. You can't fornicate, adulterate, and love the ways of the world when you're on your knees. Well, I just stumbled. You'd have been on your knees, you wouldn't have stumbled. I want to go to First Peter. I'm trying to close. Two. Start at the first verse. Tell you something, to live for God, to be called a Christian, to be Christ-like, you got to lay down some stuff. You can't love the world. Any man that loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Well, I just don't think. Well, just take the word of God. I want to tell you something. You're not the first person that stumbled around. Wherefore, lay aside all malice, all guile, hypocrisies, envies, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. If so be, you have tasted that the Lord is gracious." I mean, I know starting out we need the milk. We got some infants around here uh, and they don't want beef and they don't want steak. Uh, They want milk. Uh, And I'm telling you something in every hour or two uh, if they don't get it and sometimes way faster than that uh, I'm telling you something you're going to know about it. Why? They got a desire for milk. They want the milk. But some of us has been living for God for 40 years. And we're still struggling with sin. We're still struggling with unrighteousness. Been on milk for 40 years. The Bible said that that you may grow thereby. To whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. You know what it's just talking about here? When he came, he was rejected. a living stone disallowed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Ye also as lively stones are built upon a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices accepted to God by Jesus Christ wherefore also it is contained in the scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect and precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. You know why some of you are struggling? You know why some of you can't grasp it? Some, You know why some of you are confounded? Because you can't Take this word of God For what it says I'm telling you something It's became a rock of offense to you It is the foundation of the church It is the only thing That the world can stand on Is that rock This church Has got to build upon The rock which is The word of God Some of you can't advance because you don't aim to build on the rock. You want to stumble over it and stagger over it. I'm going to build it this way, and I'm going to do it this way. And then, when you get right down to the nitty gritty, you're going to realize that it was this foundation, this stumbling block of a fence. It's become the chief cornerstone. I'm telling you something; it wasn't set by the builders of this world. I'm telling you something; it was founded over 2,000 years ago. It's become the chief cornerstone elect precious and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded do you know why some of y'all struggle because you can't believe the word of God you've got that penknife knife mentality you're cutting this out and cutting that out slashing this marking this out you're going to do it your way you're going to build it the way you want it to be built I don't need this foundation. Just dig me a hole there, put some sand in there and compact it. And sand will pack pretty hard. But you build on it and you let the waters come. You let the pressures of this world read the three little pigs and just kind of type and shadow that in uh, with the church and you'll understand what I'm, what I'm talking about. Thou art Peter, and on this rock I'm going to build my church. This word of God, he built his church. And I'm telling you something, kids, it's, I think it was Brother Shields printed something the other day and said, some of the hardest things of being a pastor and he named off several things in the last one and he said it's trying to convince people that you want them to go to heaven worse than they want to go themselves I'm telling you something I may not be the most popular pastor in the world and I'm sure I cut my popularity in half tonight but if we don't preach to these young people if we don't preach to the people in these pews the world's going to suck them in uh, in the vortex like a vacuum cleaner, uh, they're gonna pull them down. One more thing before I move on, I want I've noticed been going on a little while. You young people, after church, we got a fellowship hall and we got a gymnasium, and you can go out there with everybody. Till two or three o'clock in the morning, or as long as there's somebody here with you. But when you go out those doors, You say goodbye before you go out them doors. You quit congregating out there at them cars and standing off out there in the dark and out behind for an hour, hour and a half after church is over. You stop that. You're only going to get in trouble. That's what brings you up here weeping bitter tears and convicted and condemned over the word of God that's being preached. I don't like conviction. I don't like condemnation. I like being right with God. I want to tell you something. We've got to preach the word we've got to get rooted and grounded on this rock I'm telling you something this world is coming to an end can't seem to understand that it was as it was in the days of Noah they were eating and drinking and carrying on like we got a hundred years more to go They didn't have weather channel and Noah weathers. This evening I'm in my office and all of a sudden begin to give me alerts about storms and uh, uh, tornadoes and hail and, and, uh, and then pretty soon lightning is nearby. They didn't have none of that. They heard the preaching of the word for 120 years, Brother Josiah, and they still rejected it. It was still an offense to them. What are you talking about, Brother Sampson? Some of you need to quit stumbling over this word of God and just saying it is the rock. It's the word of God that's going to save me. It's the preaching of the word that's going to save me. I don't need it soft-soaked. And to you, therefore, which believe, he's precious. I believe it with all my heart. Sister Katrina, I want to do it. When that elder preached to us, man, sometimes it convicted me. Sometimes it condemned me. But I just applied it to my life. I applied it to my life. But unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed. They didn't want it. It's of no value. Where does that fit in? Keep on building. Where does that fit in? You ever buy some of this furniture from China? You start putting it together and it gets a little complicated, so you jump over here. I'm going to put all this together. And about the time you get it all together, and you kind of scratch your head, something ain't looking right, and you get the instructions, uh, and you've put together a bunch of stuff without the thing that went in there before what you put together. Got in trouble so many times doing that. We have a, in our entryway a huge chandelier. Me and Dean Stive at the time was the electrician and he was putting it together and I'm oh a man that likes to get her done and I started putting a bunch of this stuff over here together. Pretty soon he turned around and he looked at what he did and he looked at what I done. He said all of that's got to come apart. It's got to go on here first and attach it as it goes. Look at that thing. Eight hours we spent putting that chandelier together. Huge pack after pack of little crystals and little things that just looked like it wouldn't matter if you just put it together. But I had to go by the directions. When we finally got it on and put it on the hoist and took it up and when it made contact, it came on and it worked but we kept having to go back to the directions and put it together like we were instructed to do. The only thing we have in this world is the word of God to guide us and to direct us and keep us from being shipwrecked. Some things are a no-brainer to have to call the pastor about. Really, sometimes... Why well, you're calling me and asking about it because somebody else is doing it and you didn't have the nerve to do it. Why don't you just really call me up and say, hey, could I wear this? Brother Adam's been wearing it for about six months. And since he's doing it, I thought it was okay. Brother Triplett used to say, you know the guy at, at Branson, the old gravedigger guy? Remember him? He'd walk around with that big old six, seven foot stick and you, you'd see people looking at you and you'd wonder, oh, man, what's going on and you? Turn, and he'd be standing behind you with that stick. He'd be measuring you up. Gives you a weird feeling. For a mortician, the grave digger, they called him back in that day, to be measuring you up. Brother Triple used to say, instead of looking at somebody else that ain't prayed in six months, ain't read their Bible, got a penknife mentality, and you want to measure up to them. Why can't we do that? They're doing that. Why don't you say, man, I'm glad my pastor preaches against that. I don't have no desire to do that. So measure up by me. How do I look? How do I come to church? How does Sister Sampson come to church? It's a stumbling block. I know it's hard to digest. This word's hard to take sometimes. But he said, I'll make a difference between the clean and the unclean. A well doesn't issue two types of water. You can't want to be a Christian and want to look like the world. God set boundaries. When they come up and he said, don't go up on the mount if you touch the mount. If an animal touches the mount, this gets down to the nitty gritty. You want to look like the world, you look like the world. But don't you think on judgment day that God's going to say, Come on in, honey, I see your heart. No, because if He saw your heart, you'd have it where His Word says, not what you want to do. He makes a difference between the clean and the unclean, the holy and the unholy, darkness and light. If we're the light of the world, we can't be in darkness. Because the darkness is what needs the light. You understand what I'm saying? We can't look like the world. We can't act like the world. The Bible said, come out from amongst them and be separate, saith the Lord. Well, I just don't. When I go to town and I'm with everybody and they're dressed, the women's dressed like men. and uh, That seems to be the problem here. Because I'm not really having a problem with a man wanting to come in looking like a woman, but there's just something about it. We just feel like we gotta fit in. If you're a born again child of God, you ain't never gonna fit in. You're gonna look like a swan in a chicken yard with a bunch of chickens. You're not going to fit in. He said, you're a peculiar people. You're different. Let me just, let me read this here. Darkness, gloomy or depressed state. Evil is a type of darkness. J. Lewis Martin, from this evil, he, he gives us the picture of a heavenly visitor, a God who come to earth to embrace, Heart, true knowledge, and impact true knowledge, and to save humanity from the powers of darkness. Why do you preach like that, Brother Sampson? Because the powers of darkness will increase. It'll get more graphic. It'll get more profound than what I can even do it in a mixed audience. It does not care. Gross darkness, the Bible talks about, will creep in. It'll cover the people. The people. The people. The church of the living God. The saints of the living God. God. if we don't watch it it's going to creep in and take us over yeah. but Zach told me the other day and I experienced the same thing you mow here you're not sure of a stack of fence posts and old rolls of wire that you put here or or an old mowing machine laying in the grass so I can't really remember right there so you stay a little farther from that last year's tall uh, fence row and you move out a little bit and uh, the next year you go back uh, and it's grew out about this much farther. He said, man, I need to go up with a brush hog because uh, where they just keep moving out uh, and don't want to get in there and clip uh, all that. I'm telling you something. uh, 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 we need to clip it. We need to cut it down. Uh, we need to get it where we can see what's lurking in the weeds uh, and in the brush. It just keeps infringing. and Pretty soon, you'll have a 20-foot space out into your hay field that ain't been mowed for a few years because you don't really know what's in there. And I don't really have time to fix it. It's so easy to get a mower into the fence. So you have this tendency to stay away from the fence. I'm cleaning out the hedgerow tonight. And if we love God and we love lightness rather than darkness, you can't be like the world and look like the world and be a child of God. He said, I didn't come to unite. He said, I come to divide and tear down and pull apart. What are you talking about, Brother Sampson? He's coming to pull his bride Out of this world. And she's got to set herself aside. She can't whoremonger around because she's been committed to this man. I'm getting married. I'm going to be the bride of the living God when he comes back, and I want to be ready. The Bible said he's coming back from a, for a church that's kept themselves what? Unspotted. Unspotted from the world. That's what he's coming after. I just don't like being so different. I just don't understand it. I don't understand it either. Other than that's what I read in this word of God. If you're going to be, come out from amongst them and be holy, saith the Lord. A stone of stumbling and a rock of offense even to them which stumble at the word being disobedient. Don't want to do what the word said and you're going to stumble at it because you refuse in your hard heartedness. Claim you want God, you claim you want to be a child of God but there's some things in this world that you can't let go of and you want to identify with the world. 46 years ago, I married Sister Samson. We made commitment. I don't need a band on my third finger to show that me and Sister Samson is in love. I didn't have to go down and spend thousands of dollars so for some pervert to see a big diamond, $10,000 diamond ring on her finger and they would know that she's married. Because that pervert's going to look at her. Boy, there's somebody that's got some experience. That's what they look at. That don't stop nothing. What stops is the heart, the commitment to God. She doesn't need a diamond ring to show that she's married to Brother Samson. She took my name, she identifies with Brother Samson. I identify with Sister Samson. What would you do if someone come up and begin to tell you how good looking you was and how hot you is? I'd say, ma'am, I appreciate all the compliments, but let me tell you something. I got a red-headed wife at home, and 46 years ago I told her I loved her, and 46 years later, and trust me, I don't have long brown, black, curly hair, whatever it was. Been so long since I had any, I don't even remember what color that it used to be but we're still in love. We still have that commitment. I don't need a band. I don't need some kind of a token other than in the heart. But Sister Samson is my bride and I'm her spouse. I don't identify with the world. I cut my hair because the Bible said it's a shame for a man to long, have long hair. And if a woman cuts her hair, she just will be uh, sheared, shear it off. And trust me, there's a lot of dyke looking ones out there today. It's got it cut plumb off above their ears. But there ain't nothing more beautiful a holiness woman with long hair keeping herself pure and clean and unspotted from the world and when she goes by in Walmart and we don't do it to get attention, we do it because we feel like we can back it up by the word of God but this world needs to know uh, when they look at you and said, I don't know what it is sir uh, but there's something different about you. Uh, me and Sister Sampson in Eunice, Louisiana there was a woman that was sitting in her car uh, about over there where the Adam is and we pulled in here Uh, uh, she was going to run in and get some things before we went back to camp Uh, and as she was going by this car uh, this woman looked up and she said ma'am now there were several other people going by I'm talking about a light that's shining in this darkness she said ma'am yeah could you could you come here a minute Sister Samson walked over to the car. Now, why did she pick Sister Samson? There was women going by with pants so tight, looked like they was melted and poured in them. They was short, so short, they was too short. Halter tops and every kind of everything else going by. Why is it that a born-again child of God walks by and that woman said, ma'am, could you come here? Yes, I need somebody to pray for me and when you was walking across this parking lot she said I felt the unction Uh, and something told me right there's a woman uh, that can pray the prayer of faith. Uh, She didn't look like I do uh, or like we do. Uh, Sister Samson looked like a light uh, and it looked like she was coming right out of the darkness Uh, but she recognized something Uh, right there's the help. Uh, Thank God ladies got what I need. Uh, That's the difference uh, in a child of God. That's somebody that's come out and made themselves separate. I need prayer, and I feel like you can touch the throne. There's a world that's lost and dying and going to hell. And you're sitting on a church pew daring not to be different. They're needing a light. They're needing somebody that can help them. And point them toward God. Yes, ma'am, I can pray. Got a hold of that lady's hand and I mean begin to rock the parking lot with prayer. Why? Because I'm built on the rock. I'm not stumbling around on the word of God at everything it says and I don't want to line up. Well, what authority do you have? I'm the pastor of this church. What authority did Moses have when he said if an if a animal touches this mountain, he's going to die? Put a fear in the people that lasted for a little while. He said, how do we know? How far up do we go? Where's the grade? What's considering the base of the mountain? Ain't it ironic what God chose to set that boundary? I'll tell you what you do, Moses. You just set it where you think it'll be safe. You set this boundary, Moses. You set this boundary for the church pastor. Now all this... Long hair, short hair, jewelry, and all uh, uh, men looking like women, women looking like men. That that ain't my boundary. That's God's boundary. That's set in stone. That rock uh, that was set not of you builders. I think mid-calf is holy. I think mid-calf will pretty much cover you in about everything that you do. What's wrong with you when you walk out of the house that you can't see your daughter's? What's wrong with you women that you can't look at your husband and say, hey, that's just a little too revealing. Why would you even want to wear something like that? Man, be the priest of your house. You're the first partaker. It's up to you to set it in order. Set some boundaries. We're not going there. We're not talking like that. I know things change over the years. If I'd have said pregnant, when I was nine years old, I'd have probably got my teeth knocked out. Just some things around the house that you didn't say. It was just some games that you didn't play in Dave Samson's house. Come out from amongst them. Be different. Be separate. God's the one that called us out. Not Brother Samson. God set these boundaries in stone. I didn't set them. Heaven and earth's going to pass away, but this word ain't going to pass away. It'll divide you. It'll separate you. Will you stand to your feet tonight? I've been long. I'm not apologizing tonight. Thank God I wouldn't. Looking at some of these dress shops and they're on the apostolic campuses. With Jesus. That sheet of tissue paper is thinner, thicker than some of them clothes. We got apostolic women wanting to put them on. Come in, you can see right through it. Falling in love with Jesus. See some clothes around the Apostolic Church that you just well come in and you're out you're in Best your negligee. Ever, done. Panty lines, underwear uh, lines showing right through your clothes, leaving no uh, thought, in thinking left Jesus for imagination. It just reveals all, and then want to talk about how holy you are. And I'm Apostolic you want to come out of darkness you want to come into his marvelous light these altars are open tonight is the best thing i ever ever done